Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. So, for today's Fika, I have the pleasure of having uh, as my guest Lynn Glazer. I uh, met uh, Lynn for the first time a few weeks ago at the Anza Area Trail Town hike uh, that we had down at the um, uh, Miner's Field. Uh, we got to talking, and uh, she gave me her business card, and I was so impressed with the, the photographs on the back, and we started talking about photos, and Lynn and I have quickly, based on that, have become um, friends. Um, one of the things that Lynn mentioned was um, uh, taking pictures of of animals for rescues at no charge and things like that. And so, uh, Lynn, I wanted to welcome you in today, and I want to pick your brain on what it is that uh, you're, you're doing for the community here for the uh, for the rescue animals in addition to other things. Now, I understand you've only been here in the community for uh, less than two years? Correct. year and a half. A year and a half? And uh, so what brought you to ANZA? How did you end up in ANZA? Well, a few things. One is I have a, a job now that is uh, telecommuting and flex time. So it meant I could be anywhere. And second, connect ANZA. Even though it was a bit of a struggle to get, that let me, lets me do my job without, uh, without anybody noticing. Uh, where I happen to be living, right? Yay, connect Anza for you fast up and up and down speeds. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. yes, and I had a trench dug uh, for anybody that is wondering. Wait, how did you get to the the top of the list? Uh, okay. When they told me conduit would would get you moved up, huh? Okay, yep. so that's the that's the trick. Yeah, that okay. was, that's the trick. Very in case cool. anybody needs it, uh, as opposed okay. to using a hotspot or some other connection method. Okay. And then my farrier lives three miles away, also important. Okay, I, because you do have horses of I your own? I have horses, and I have one that's kind of special needs. Okay. And I already had friends here in the valley. I see. So, um, all right, so you, you came here, uh, and, you're, and you're doing a flex job w- through the Internet. So what, what is your background? It's Tell really varied. It's uh, Active Army, National Guard, um, uh, some... Uh, aerospace engineering and and computer consulting for the entertainment industry, mostly Macintosh, for 27 years. So you uh, were in the Holly, Hollywood scene for a while. Yes, and always commuting from the Inland Empire, always an adventure. Oh my goodness! But if you're a network geek, then you're you're going in late and you're staying late. So <laughs> not not quite as bad. Okay. But a lot of celebrity clients, so that made it interesting because their visitors were often interesting. I can only imagine, yeah. And then I picked up photography along the way because I'd already been doing support for graphics, uh, graphic design, um, and and other um, other things like that. Okay. And uh, specializing in horse events and specializing in um, um, portraiture as well as action. And 
and eventually that grew to teaching workshops and traveling uh, the country a little bit and the world. Uh, where in the world have you been? Well, Europe mainly. Okay. And then I... I uh, and that was all job related was because... The, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, more event, horse event photography, specifically endurance riding. Okay. And I still shoot the granddaddy of them all, Tevis and, and other, especially multi-day endurance rides. And I shot for Cavalia, the traveling traveling extravaganza like Cirque du Soleil only with horses. So Cavalia and their Odessia show for 10 years, starting for Equus Magazine and then uh, for them. Yeah. So, so whenever they added staff and they'd need new shots, then I would travel to where they were and make the pictures and go home. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> Traveling, working with horses, t- taking pictures. That's really a, a nice way to spend spend a lifetime. And Cavalier yeah. was kind of the benchmark. So whenever I think I'm in a tough photography situation, I always remind myself, is this like sitting in the audience in the dark shooting at, at Cavalier? Is it easier than that? Oh, yes, it is. Okay, yeah. no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I can only imagine that animal photography, since you can't just ha- tell your subject to sit there and smile, that, that it, it must be rather challenging. And, and it can be. You have to be in good shape for that, too. Yeah, you, you, to show them at their best light, you have to be able to be on the ground for a lot of it. And, and I have a, a wide range of uh, animal noises to get their ears up or other appendages as, as needed. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> can you give us a sample? Don't put that in there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, it's you know, what, be in there. You know what gets a horse's ears up better than anything? What? Baby kittens. What do you say? <coughs> if you do that, the ears just prick. A dog's will as well. My goodness. Yeah, but some of these noises you can't use more than once. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I don't have a helper a lot of the time. So if you have a helper, then you'd use a device, throw some keys up in the air or, or put somebody underneath a, uh, a fur rug um, and let them creep along and, and oh. make the horses... <laughs> right? <laughs> so okay. they, they look animated. Well, I'm, I'm often working by myself, so I don't have that. Wow. Yeah. But the difference between a dog being passive and a dog with the ears pricked is dramatic. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the you are, um, uh, I understand, for some rescues that you're taking pictures of, of special, special heart place animals uh, that you'll do the photography so that they can get placed. Yeah, so those are tell the, me more about that. Those are the sanctuary animals. So, as you know, rescues can be about adoption. Uh, you know, in the case of horses, maybe they bring them in, they rehab them from their injuries. They uh, they sometimes put training into them. Sometimes they sh- they show them uh, to to uh, to get adoptions. There's one that I support that's had over 30 adoptions this year because they got their animals out there with training. And then the other thing is sanctuary horses, where those organizations are looking for donors to help with the hay and other other bills because those horses have a home for life. So right here in town, Golden Carrot is a good example of that. Is they are sanctuary only. They're not looking to place any of their horses. Or um, other rescues might have a, an adoption component and a sanctuary component. So especially the sanctuary ones, uh, I want to help so that 
they get the, the maximum uh, uh, attention and they get a recurring promise from people who are helping with the hay bill. And then the adoption ones, if, if you think about phone photos and what they do to horses in particular, they elongate their noses, they stretch out their bodies, they make the legs look like toothpicks if you don't get it just right, as opposed to a, a full um, uh, 35 millimeter with a decent telephoto lens on it, then the horse is going to look proportional and uh, they're going to attract more interest. I see. So I do it for free because uh, rescues aren't going to uh, uh, usually have any sort of budget for, for imagery. And in the case of one, they buy their images at, at an endurance ride that they might take their horses to and they pay me for that at a discounted rate and then I donate it back throughout the year. Oh. Uh, to help with their hay bill. Oh. So all my animal, all my uh, personal donations are, are, mostly to, are mostly to animal charities, uh, rescues. And there's good rescues and bad rescues. So I only support the good transparent rescues. Like so they some have of the ones we have themselves. here in town, like Hope. Hope Ranch? Yeah. Yes. So they're, they're transparent. They're doing great work, and, and I, just, I just support them with money. They haven't asked for any photography. I think they have someone. That, that does their work. They may not know that they that you're. I a think pro they have somebody. I think they have a pro. So there's lots of us pros that do this. This is not exclusive to me. It's just now that I have a, a nice uh, job uh, where there's a, a regular paycheck coming in and benefits. Us self-employed people are like, what's that? When there were holidays at first. Yes. I was. Wait, how come no one's answering the phone? <laughs> <laughs> So now that I have a little, little um, what's that, foundation, um, it's easier for me to give back more. Very good. Yeah, I mean, with your background and having served in the military and so on, you, you are service-minded already. Right. So, well, thank you for, you know, giving back to, like you said, to the sanctuaries and to the, uh, the nonprofits that, that uh, are trying really hard to, to stay afloat. Well, people in ANZA are really good at helping others. It's one of the, the first things that I noticed. And so I'm just doing my, my part of that. Well, like, uh, you know, even the crusty ones, mm -hmm. that, that when the, in time of need, they, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, they all come together, and, and we do support the community because we do love it up here. Yeah, so, um, and, and keep answer rural and, and, uh, and, and friendly. And keep it clean and, yep. yeah, and, uh, right, uh, um, off mic, you've mentioned, you know, like even picking up the litter on the way to the... Uh, uh, to the dump, how uh, you know the the residents will will uh, out of their um, compassion will come and and pick up the litter because we want to see that we live in a good community. My favorite is the animals, though. Yeah. So we have such a horrible dumped animal problem here, and and with the signs on each end, and the animals are still dumped, or or people leave out of season, and animals are still there. But as, as much as, as everybody gripes about keep your dogs inside your fences, so on and so forth, if there's a lost animal, everybody uh, tries very hard to get, get that animal home or those animals home. And, and uh, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank heavens for the Facebook network that seems to be working the best, that and posters, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, Let, okay, so what's your favorite uh, 
Are you are you using a camera? Do you prefer the phone? Oh, no, uh, no I, I I use full pro equipment with backup equipment and all that. Okay. I mean, it's it's uh, I'm a member of the Canon Pro shooters and and uh, and all that. But phones are amazing. I'm always fond of saying the very best camera is the one in your hand. The one that you're using. The one that you've got, which is what, what? your phone. So you can do amazing things with a phone with a few well, I can't. With a few tips. <laughs> we'll be working on that. Okay. With a few tips. And, and I'm very selfish. I've taught my whole family how to take better phone pictures so that I could look at better pictures as they travel around. Oh. <laughs> so you don't have to suffer on the so internet. So this, like this year's graduation pictures from, from the relatives were great. Nobody shot into the sun unless they meant to, and then they knew the techniques for making that look good. And and uh, I got I got to look at much better pictures, selfish, right? Yeah, but, of but course. But it, it helped them, and, right? And it doesn't take much. It's very simple things to to um, use that camera that's in your hand. And for videos, it's it's especially good. I I was shocked yesterday because I was going through pictures looking for something, and it said I made a thousand videos on the stupid phone. And I got a late start. I didn't start when the smartphones uh, um, came out uh, for video because it didn't occur to me. I'm a still photographer. I just don't think that way. Yes. Yeah, a thousand. So a lot of them are five seconds or 20 seconds each, but now I'm thinking about the storage aspects. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to keep them on there. <laughs> no, you don't. And so uh, there's some pruning that absolutely could happen. Right. Yeah. But like you said, yeah, yeah, it's in your hand, so use it. Use it. So you think 15 minutes and I could become just as good as you on the, on the phone? You could become massively better. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> we'll have to talk afterwards. You're going to be my new best friend, Lynn. Yeah, 15 minutes. <laughs> Buy me lunch and no, just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so straightforward. If I could teach my family up, up to the 95-year-old, how to use their phones for, for better pictures, I'm sure you would not be a, a, okay. a big well, challenge. Okay, so, well, so I'm a little bit on the elderly side, and I drink coffee sometimes. And you better so I tell get them we're the same hands. age. <laughs> I don't look, you look much better than me. We're the same age. Oh, okay. And I'm a caffeine, I'm a coffee person, too. Okay, well, I know that I don't have a steady hand. But so there's how, lots of techniques, which I will share with you, how to, how to hold your phone in a steady manner, and also how to pan for videos in a nice steady manner, too. Yeah. Because that's been my problem. I, do, I haven't done videos because I can't keep it, you know, as I'm go mm -hmm. going around. It's, you know, there's always that little bit of a, mm -hmm. of a, of a shake. But you say yeah. that I can actually conquer that? You can conquer that, and, and that is actually the most important thing to me out of all the things I teach about phone photography. Uh -huh. it's, it's how to take nice, clear photos or videos with a steady hold yeah very good all those rubberized cases really help with the steady hold if you know how to use them oh okay yeah. all right no external devices or sticks necessary <laughs> oh goodness gracious i've got a you know an entourage of stuff and yeah. you know i got the the selfie stick and the tripods yep. and all these different things yep. and of course i never carry them right and, you know when the opportunity is there i never have them in your so, hand yeah and then, then the other piece, puzzle piece, is perspective, composition. So if you're going to shoot, like, a bunch of puppies in, in a doorway, let's say, what's the best way to shoot those? Um, 
Like that, someone's behind them holding them and you've got this beautiful row of puppies and they're cute as can be. What would you do? Uh, get down to their level. That's right. Okay. Sit, sit on the ground. If you can kneel, kneel because you can change position. But as we age, not all of us can do that. Well, not only that, but the puppy, if you get down on their level, the puppies come running. No, that's you have a handler. Oh, okay. To, yeah, that's why I said you have a handler in this case to, to make sure that the puppies don't wander off. Okay. Or you can always stick them in a wheelbarrow or something. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. and then, but getting getting lower does two things. One is it gives you a better perspective on, on uh, what the animal actually looks like instead of from above. And what's the second thing? You're steadier. Oh. See, if, you're, if your butt is plunked onto the concrete or the carpet or the, the laminate, whatever it might be, that's part of your tripod. What's the other two parts? Your two hands and what you do with them. Okay. So I would be showing you what you do okay. with your hands and your elbows and, and, uh, and whether you use the buttons on the side or the button on the screen and all that kind of thing. All right. Yeah. Smartphones. That you'll, you'd have to pry this out of my, my hands. And, and if you said, Lynn, when do you get a new smartphone? When I can't stand it, that the new camera uh, in the phone puts me over the edge. I just have to have that feature, whatever it okay. is. Okay. Yeah. So other than that, I hold on to them uh, for a long time. Okay. Yeah. But it's more important to me as a camera than it is as, as a phone because it's always with me. Cool. Yeah. Anchor with Anika. KOYT is made possible by generous donations from community members and businesses like The High Country Journal, a local independent newspaper here in Anza. Featuring local news, events, advertising, and opinion pieces. For more information, facebook.com forward slash highcountryjournal. The email address, highcountryjournal at gmail.com. And the phone number is 951-970-0074. During a wildfire, firefighting resources are limited, and firefighters must often make quick decisions on which homes they can work on defending. Implementing FireWise actions at your home will increase the chances that firefighters will be able to try and protect your property. Residents play a major role in protecting their lives and property. To be most effective, neighbors need to work together along with their local fire service to achieve greater wildfire safety. Ensure that homes and neighborhoods have clearly marked street names and numbers. Know two ways out of the neighborhood for safe evacuation during a wildfire. Create phone and text trees to alert residents about local fires. Sign up for emergency notifications. And lastly, talk to your HOA to make sure you are in compliance with existing community rules or regulations on vegetation. For more information, go to firewise.org. Power in numbers is more than just a catchphrase. It's a way of building community. At your Touchstone Energy Cooperatives, we are your energy community, and the power we provide is much more than a way to keep the lights on. It's how you plug into the friends and neighbors that make up your local co-op, working together to create a different kind of power network, one that puts members first. Sure, you can go it alone, but there's power in numbers. Touchstone Energy Cooperatives, your source of power and information. Visit touchstoneenergy.com today. Heading down the 371, tune into 971.
Welcome back to Fika with Anika. So, talking about cameras, I have a, an old a Canon Rebel. And, um, you know, I've got some interchangeable lenses. So I've got the, the standard that come with it, and I've got, you know, like a 300 yeah, the kid lens. Exactly. Yeah. And right. I also have a wide angle. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a certain lens that you prefer? Well, see, your Canon can shoot really nice pictures if you get better glass. So better glass, glass glass is a nickname for lens for a lens. Oh, okay. So the kit lenses, which I know exactly which ones they are, um, are are what would be holding you back and not the body. If you learn some technique, you can still get the max out of those kit lenses. I, I used to joke that you could hand me one of those little Kodaks at a wedding. Remember when they used to put those around at the table? And I'm going to make better pictures than oh. just about anybody with whatever I'm handed just because I have those other principles down. Okay. So I would help you get the most out of your kit lenses, but there's going to be a limit on what you can do with them. For instance, low light. They're terrible in low light. They're not... They're not uh, you know, their f-stops start at four or something and, and uh, yeah so if you're using that then you have to think about supplemental lighting which is no big deal but you just have to know that if I'm going to use this lens this is what I've got it used to to make make the resulting product worthy whereas I can just go in there with my f2.8 and and slam it without supplemental light because it opens so wide that it's gathering all the available light in the room. Doesn't need any. But I'm sure it was a consider- considerable investment on your part in order to well, get it that. It was, yeah. and I have backup gear for all of the primary gear. So I shoot weddings once in a while for for horse friends that that uh, they want their the horses if they're included in the wedding to be be right, and so I I do shoot weddings once in a while, and I I will by God be driving up there, it's in Northern California, because I have to have all my backup gear. There's no do-overs in weddings. Of course. Right? It's only one moment for each each thing, so it's really high risk compared to, say, shooting horses out in the pasture. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the more you work at the, the craft of photography, the more you can do, for instance, I can shoot 100 pictures and um, 95 of them would be perfect. I might not choose to show them all, like at the parade. So I shot the parade the other day, and I shot 538 pictures, and there were two blurry shots. That doesn't mean I, I want to show all of them, but there were nothing wrong. That nothing, there was nothing technically wrong with the others. They were repetitive. Okay. We call them similars. So you don't put all the similars up. So I put 180, I think, up there. And by the way, they're downloadable free at the size that I put them up there, which is web and personal use. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's storytelling. If there was any money in it, I would have been a photojournalist because uh, along the way, because it's really fun to tell the story through pictures. Yeah, but you didn't have time because you were doing your well, IT I, work and, and aerospacing and doing yeah. whatever you were doing. Yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. then photography as a hobby, isn't it the most popular thing it is, just I, about in America and since these smartphones have come out even even better? So I've done some air-to-air photography, aerobatics, 
Like, there's nothing like shooting while you're upside down, shooting at other aircraft. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're talking quickly here. So you aerobatics? Yeah, you're, you're aer- aerobatics. In other words, uh, small experimental airplanes like Pitt Specials and One Designs and, and, and MXSs and... Are you that. a pilot? No. I've no, been, you're the passenger. I've been a passenger okay. trying to hold my camera up to my face and shooting uh, planes out a window. Um, and sometimes that's been while I was upside down myself. So when we had the flyover the other day, um, it, it's hard from the ground, uh, but yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I did see those photographs on uh, Facebook, yeah. and the, uh, yeah, you are good at what you do. Well, but you can set assignments for yourself if, if you're serious about photography and, and want to get better. I set assignments for myself, and I numbered every one of the, the uh, folders from it, and I left off in the 500s. So if I wanted to learn how to shoot into the sun uh, effectively, um, I, I would uh, name my, my session with that. And, and so I think there's 500 and something folders by the time I stopped okay. doing that in uh, 2014 or so. Yeah. So that's that's how you, you perfect your skills if you uh, you don't have to go to school. I'm self-taught. Okay. Um, you might want to do a workshop every once in a while so that you've got neat models uh, to shoot. But you, so you, you have skills. So somebody says, I want to do a shoot in the beach. What do you have to know? Well, tides. <laughs> oh, of course. And you have to manage light, which can be really glary. So you want to choose a time of day where the sun's lower to the horizon, and and uh, and and you have to to um, never turn your back on the ocean, and a few things like that. If you're wading out into the surf, and <laughs> are you speaking from experience here? I have never gotten decked in the ocean, okay. but I backed out over a boulder in a creek with waders on while shooting an endurance ride because the riders talked to me and uh, and uh, I uh, now I shoot in a river every year okay. after a mile and a half um, climb down to the middle fork of the American River um, and it's it's uh, a mile in elevation so it's like stair climbing so I put waders on and I shoot in the middle of this river full of boulders um, and God help you if you and they're slimy so I'm very careful in there, and I've done that for years, and I shoot until there's no more riders and no more light, and then I make this horrible climb up. So, oh. so it's exhausting, right? But it's I was going to say endurance It's riding. worth it for the pictures. So every year I say, I'm never doing that again. And it's 110 degrees, no breeze, um, et cetera, and the light's constantly shifting, so you're spinning the dials. But what's funny is last year I get up and a friend of mine from high school is, is now uh, section hiking the PCT. He goes with me, barrel chested Scott, and he carries my gear, so I have a Sherpa. So we get to the <laughs> you top. Have a Sherpa, I love it. We get okay. to the top, and the agenda at that point is to just drink beer and recover, right? We get to the top, and I look at him and I say, Mike, I'm not dead. Why am I not dead? He has as much trouble with this hike as I do. Why am I not dead? So it wasn't until a few beers later that I figured out, oh, I live at 4,000 feet now. Oh, That's you why you're not dead. I was acclimated. As compared to the Hollywood years when you were down at well, the ground Gavilan level. Well, Hills, which is 2,000 feet. Right. But yeah. Yeah, so how do you like that? Bonus. So immediately I decided I would shoot it from then on out. Okay. <laughs> so you're committed. It's coming now. out up in six weeks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
So tell me a little bit about this endurance ride then. So you're you're not participating, but you are an, an endurance rider. I am an endurance rider. Yeah. So I I've been doing it since 1989, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a wonderful sport. You can do it slow. You can do it fast. The idea is to complete is to win. My favorite format is the multi-day ride, where between three and five days you take your horse, you camp, you don't move. They're not point to point. They're they're big loops or multiple loops. And so you finish riding for the day, and you uh, relax and enjoy your, your fellow uh, tribesmen and, and uh, have dinner and have a meeting about the next day's ride and get up and do it again in all weather. And then at the end, you pack up and go home. So instead of a one-day ride where you'd ride the day before, vet your horse in, uh, then uh, be nervous, uh, sleep a little, get up, ride, and then... Uh, spend the night and pack up and go home. It's just much more fun in the multi-day format. So they just had one in Utah that was three days long, Strawberry Reservoir. You can look it up near Heber City. Absolutely spectacular. I think it gets up to 9,400 feet with aspens and and, uh, and water views and typical uh, mountain uh, um, location. And there's other rides in Utah. There's uh, Mount Carmel ride in May. There's the Virgin and Outlaw ride in the fall. There's the Grand Canyon ride in the fall, which is North Rim. Yeah, so so a chance to uh, go to places you wouldn't ordinarily maybe even have access to on a marked course with veterinarians making sure that you don't kill your horse more or less and uh, in, enjoying the, the camaraderie of like-minded people. Wow, it sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Now, just by chance, do you bring your camera with you when you're riding also, or, or do you just... Uh, you I either, can't you shoot, either on shoot on the horse. You can't? I can't shoot on the horse because it uses a different part of my brain, and it ruins the experience for me. So I okay. might pull the phone out here and there. And there are people that will do it, but my, but I, I don't like shots taken from the top unless they're landscapes. If you shoot a horse from another horse, the perspective's wrong. Okay. There's, I've seen that, and all you see is ears. And, or, yeah. or even just a horse looking from the top, then the legs look funny. And, and, and there's a sacred geometry to, to animals, okay. uh, and, and horses in particular, and, and I, I, I just can't do it. So on the multi-days, sometimes if I'm the official photographer, I'll ride uh, one day and shoot the other days. That sort of thing. Oh, I see. So you're able to switch it off, so you can yeah. enjoy both yeah. both parts of your brain can, exactly. can can enjoy what you're doing. Separate workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Uh, one of the things that you men- mentioned again, talking about service, is uh, th- uh, there was a website, uh, Multi Choice uh, Choose. Oh, donors choose. Yes, donors choose. Donors choose. So I haven't heard of it before. Can you tell me more about that? I think I've been doing this for, for five years, that, that classrooms around the, the country can, can um, put together a package of their needs, and it's always a specific project that they have in mind, and they can post it to the site, and then the site will um, recruit people who've donated before in the, in the area and say, we have a classroom for you. For instance, Mrs. H. at Hamilton wants to do math notebooks for her students. It's going to cost this for the notebooks, this for the the shipping, this for and so forth. Mm-hmm. And and so the, that's usually, you can do that in any chunk you want. I like the $25 chunk. I do that for my animal rescues and, 
and other you know, GoFundMe's and, and so forth. It's just okay. a nice, easy level. Um, and so other people jump in and fund the project, and 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 then they they feed back with how the project went, um, usually in in photos and and uh, notes on the site. But once I actually got a packet of about 20 handwritten notes from students addressed to me, thanking me for supporting that project. Oh, and, and how wonderful. I treasure those yeah, for, for that tiny little contribution that I could make a difference uh, locally. Locally. So lately there haven't been any Hamilton projects. They've all been Hemet or, or Joshua Tree or, or so forth. And they will, they will say that X amount of the students at the school are low income. So when I was in Gavilan Hills, that was the, the Mead Valley um, and, and surrounds Paris area, low income. So the, the teachers structured it. The very first one I donated to was a special ed, ed classroom up in Richmond, uh, which is near San Francisco. And you'd say, why would you pick that one? Because I'd been photographing their family since he was a boy and he was the teacher. Oh, so that was really special, and it was, it was he was on that Teach for America, whatever that program was that that uh, that subsidized putting good teachers in inner city sort of schools. Oh, I so see. That's what got me started. Donorschoose.org. I'll definitely look into that. Now, is it only for for classrooms or? Yeah, that's just education. Okay. Education. Every Love once it. in a while, they'll get somebody who will match the loans. I mean, not loans. Uh, grant, yeah, 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 matching funds. I do Kiva.org also, which is microfinance around the world, where somebody will have a project like I need a toilet for my house, or I need better sanitation, like water, or I, I want to buy a cow so that I can sell my products. So around the world, this has been going on for a lot of years, and I've done yes, three hundred twenty-five dollar loans through that, and then I make new loans each month if I feel like it, but I'm. I reinvest the repayments that they make. So I got to make three loans, new loans, out of repayments last month. Kiva.org. I'll look into that yeah, one also. So that one's fun. Yeah. Because you're, you're, the default rate is low. There's local partners in all these different countries, and I've loaned in 66 countries. So cool. <laughs> wow, that's really nice. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to, to travel and visit the people that you don't yeah, know so to get, see how they're doing? You get notes from, from their, the partners will send a note and say so-and-so's back for a return loan. Here's what they did. Their yak uh, produced this much butter and this much <laughs> milk, and yeah, I and now they're it. looking for, for this so that they can expand into that. And, right. But yeah, you can choose what sort of projects to favor on your interests or... If you're a member of a team, what the team members are, are loaning to. Yeah. And refugees. So recently it was World Refugee Day. So that's what my three, uh, three repayment loans went for. And one new loan were to refugees. And then there was somebody matching that, what I did. So that was really rewarding. Two of them were uh, Lebanon. One was Guatemala and one was Paraguay, I think. Wow, how wonderful to be able to help people out in the world yeah. in just a small way, but it, but it makes a huge impact as, com as compared to, you know, donating to one of these larger outfits mm -hmm. and you don't know how the money's being spent. But the, kudos to you for, you know, for being so kind and generous and, and thoughtful. That's not a lot of money, but you do what well, you can with, with what, you, what you've got. And, yes. and so that's what I like about this community is that, that people are 
people want to help other people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. no. Okay. Well, I'd like to invite you back again. I have. A, I, I'm sure there's a lot more that you could tell me about. And maybe when you come back from the uh, the endurance ride, maybe you'll have some some stories that you'd be able to tell. I would uh, love to have you back in the studio. Oh, thanks. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.